Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's March 25th, 2019. That means there's nine months left until Christmas. Today on the show, I'll give you some tips for cleaning up before and after your Christmas party. We'll count down five more Christmas plants, read some long overdue emails about sad Christmas songs, and I'll give you a recipe for wassail. Speaking of recipes, we'll also get to our first result in the Road to the Christmas Bowl. Okay, let's start the show. Welcome, Yule Fools, Christmaholics, and Christmas lovers of all shapes, sizes, and colors. Congratulations, winter is officially over. I know it may seem counterintuitive to celebrate the end of Christmas' season, but every season we get through gets us that much closer to Christmas. So let's raise a glass and celebrate spring. Hey, did somebody say Bing? No, alleged ghost of Bing Crosby. I said spring. So you're not going to celebrate old Bing? No, like I said, I was giving a toast to spring. Now hold on a minute there. You can't give a toast without something to drink, baby. You're right. And that leads perfectly into our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas, now. We need a little Christmas now. So today, it's a family-friendly take on the classic Christmas drink, Wassail, that comes from the Everything Family Christmas book. Well, wait, what do you mean, family-friendly? I mean, there's no alcohol in it? Bye-bye, baby. Well, for those of you who are still interested, this is a pretty simple list of ingredients. You just need two quarts of apple cider, two cups of orange juice, one cup of lemon juice, a teaspoon of cloves, and a bunch of cinnamon sticks. They say you can substitute the honey for the cloves, which seems like two completely different flavors. It's like, oh, are you all on a chili pepper? Just substitute bees. But whatever, it's your wassail, you make it how you like. So what you do is you put all the ingredients into a saucepan, heat it for 20 minutes on medium. Then, grab some mugs for serving and strain out the cinnamon sticks and cloves when you pour it into the mugs. But then, add another cinnamon stick, one for each mug. And that's it. Quick and simple. Enjoy a cup before it gets too warm out there. And I guess if you really want this to be a traditional alcoholic version of the drink, you could swap out regular apple cider for hard apple cider, but fair warning, that's a way bigger change than even cloves and honey. However you make it, let us know what you think on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. And now, let's move on to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. So this time I thought we could revisit the idea of Christmas plants, since plants are synonymous with spring. Plants are synonymous with bing? Spring. I'm clearly saying spring. You sure this wasn't your way of asking me to sing my classic, Oh Fir Tree Dark? Quite sure. Okay, bye baby. Now then, where were we? Yes, plants. Last May, we counted down the top five Christmas plants, things like holly, mistletoe, and poinsettias. I put a link to that episode on the show notes of this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. But our friend Glenn wrote in, and he wasn't ready to be done with Christmas plants quite yet. He says, I want to give you some more plant ideas for the holidays. It seems you are going for the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, for your top five. I see what you did there, Glenn. 
Here are some more that I like. They don't scream, Christmas plant, like the ones you picked, but they are fun nonetheless. So, Glenn sent six plants, enough for five golden things and one honorable mention. But, full disclosure, I switched the order around because I had to at least do some work for this feature, right? Okay, let's get started with... Number five! Christmas Rose. According to European legend, the Christmas Rose was discovered by a shepherdess named Madeline. On a cold and icy night, Madeline watched as the wise men and the shepherds marched past her, carrying gifts for the Christ child. Having no gift for the baby, she began to cry. Suddenly, an angel appeared and brushed away the snow, revealing the dainty Christmas Rose beneath the snow. Madeline gathered the Christmas Roses to present as her gift to the Christ child. Number four. Candy Cane Verbena. This annual has beautiful red and white striped petals to give your garden that Christmas feel all summer long. Number three. Santa Claus Fuchsia. A grouping of three of these heat-tolerant three-foot-tall plants offers a visual treat whenever they bloom in my garden. Looking like Christmas ornaments, the bright red reflects sepials open to reveal pure white double corollas streaked with red vinings. White rose pink anthers dangle below. The bright colors of summer come to life in my garden when a deep blue lace-capped hydrania of unknown origin flowers at the same time the fuchsia growing in close proximity is in full bloom. The deep green foliage of the American-bred Santa Claus remains evergreen in frost-free environments, but unfortunately, not in the Northwest. Standing upright, it's a real gem in the landscape. Number two. Santa Claus Dahlia. Create a holiday feeling with Santa Claus. Massive eight Inch round white blooms display centers and petals decorated in bright red. Honorable mentions! Hosta Santa Claus. This plant is like most hostas. It tolerates dappled shade and has a variegated leaf. Small white flowers are produced from the mature plant, medium green with a white margin. Heavy farina creates an unusual white green blue color. Number one! Candy cane oxalis, or candy cane sorrel. Spectacular red-striped funnel-shaped buds open to reveal pretty white flowers with crimson margins. Many flowers are produced from each bulb. I have to say, that description does not do the candy cane oxalis justice. In fact, you really need to see all these plants to really appreciate this list. Fortunately, Glenn included photos for each plant. Even more fortunately, we've got an Instagram account. I'll be sure to put all six plant photos up so you can see them all. If you're looking for us on Instagram, we are ChristmasPod. And you'll understand why these candy cane oxalis are so cool looking. Thank you to Glenn for this great list. And if it's possible, we've somehow missed your favorite Christmas plant. Shoot us an email at Christmas at TanCast.com. Speaking of your feedback, let's hear your thoughts on the last episode in our next segment, Feedback from Our Last Show. Messages from listeners everywhere. Feedback on our last show. Last time we talked about mistletoe, or the toxic tree-killing poop plant that somehow became a symbol of fertility. Well, Jennifer left a comment at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. She said, Love the history on mistletoe. More likely it was not the mistletoe that influenced fertility, but those rather long, dark winter days and nights. Oh yeah. Like the song says, when it's cold, ain't it thrilling. Alright, I'll leave it right there for now, but that comment made me laugh, so I had to share. Another thing we talked about last time was hiding places for presents. I listed off some good ones and asked where your best spots were. And we got a couple responses on Facebook, like this one from Leslie. I was listening to the show while doing laundry just now, and I wanted to share with you my super secret hiding place for Christmas presents. Behold the wardrobe rack inside our garage. This is where I hide all my son's Christmas presents. He has no clue. It currently holds two birthday presents I bought early. His birthday's in April. Thumbs up emoji. Thanks, Leslie. The garage is always a good place to hide stuff, except my garage. It's so full of junk that if you try to hide anything, you might never find it again. 
Then we got another comment from Rachel. My favorite place to hide gifts is in plain sight. One year, I placed my niece's gifts in the baby crib that they used when they slept over and tossed a blanket over the gifts. They played on the floor right beside their presents and didn't find them for a long time. If the blanket hadn't slipped and exposed a peak, I might have gotten away with it. Taking advantage of a blind spot is definitely my go-to. So wait, Rachel, did they find the presents before Christmas when the blanket slipped, or did they miss them the whole time? Either way, that's a risky play. So thanks for that feedback on last month's show, and now I'm going to get to some feedback from our show before last as we crack open Santa Bab's mailbag. Santa Bab, he is going to read some emails from you, or tweets, or Facebook messages to Santa Bab, he is opening up his mailbag tonight. So last episode, I never got around to reading mail, but we talked about sad Christmas songs in our January episode. And you folks had quite a few additions to the list, like this one from Sherry. Hello, thanks for another great show. I completely agree with your assessment that Christmas Shoes is an evil song and doesn't belong on any Christmas list. There is another song that should be considered for the saddest Christmas song. Toby Keith's Santa, I'm Right Here. The song is a bit ambiguous about what happens to the family. However, if you watch Toby's video, see the link below, for the song, it has a happier ending than you might expect. Thanks for all you do for the show. I'm looking forward to it every month. Thanks and Merry Early Christmas, Sherry. Thanks, Sherry. As she mentioned, she left a link to the YouTube video in her comment, and I'll add it to the show notes over this episode as well. Then there's another comment from Marsha. For saddest Christmas song, when I was very young, my eight brothers and sisters and I would sing in church during Christmas, and my grandmother, who was the church organist, would conduct us. We sang, What Child Is This? Though I didn't understand the words, I got the gist of it, that here's this newborn king treated as lower than gum on the sidewalk. Tough to hear and harder to sing. I have to say, that is not a song I've listened closely into. I'll have to do a deep dive on that one in a future episode. Thanks, Marsha. The next comment about sad Christmas songs comes from Adam, who has three different songs. He says, Christmas Lights by Coldplay, a beautifully haunting indie track from the British rock stalwarts that covers a Christmas loss or breakup and the feel of seeing the beautiful lights and still feeling sad. When I lived in London, I would sometimes walk around Oxford Street, mentioned in the song, and I would often play this on my phone when around there in December. It was the worst Christmas ever by Sufjan Stevens. Normally there'd be a bunch of outtakes where I tell you I didn't pronounce that name right, but I'm going to tell you right here in the episode. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that name right. Anyway, Sufjan has a whole host of sad songs in his back catalog and a bunch of great Christmas ones, ranging from traditional carols to strange 15-minute electronic madness. A few of his are melancholy in nature, though, including this one that covers depressing festive memories and thoughts. When Love is Gone from Muppet's Christmas Carol. I know this was removed from some versions and some people don't like its sappy nature, but I think it's beautifully important in the realization of Scrooge that his true love is no longer with him due to his greed and avarice. Poor Michael Caine. And Adam provided links to all of these songs and I'll put them in the show notes as well. We also got some replies on Facebook, like this one from Alonzo who said, No sad Christmas song list is complete without the Carpenters. Merry Christmas, darling, sir. Now, that is actually my friend and former drama teacher Steve's favorite Christmas song, so it holds a special place in my heart and doesn't really make me sad, other than I'm not hanging out with Steve. Another Facebook comment is from Shannon. Shannon suggests Ingrid Michelson, Happy Happy Christmas. She says, My current pick of saddest Christmas song ever. Gets me weeping every time I hear it. Also, this whole album is great. So thank you to everyone for sharing your Christmas blues. And one last comment I thought I'd mention is from Dean. See, what started me on that kick of sad Christmas songs for the January episode was when I teared up at Mass on Christmas Day during The Little Drummer Boy. Well, Dean says, Funny that Little Drummer Boy got a mention. Been going down a West Wing rabbit hole recently and found this. Like many of the commenters, I got teary-eyed. Boys Choir and amazing acting from Richard Schiff. And he includes a clip from the TV show The West Wing involving the song Little Drummer Boy and a Funeral. 
I won't say much more than that to avoid spoilers, but again, the link to the video is in the show notes for this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Okay, looks like we have time for one quick news story, so let's check in with the Christmas News Desk for All I Want for Christmas is News. Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah. Give me that news, baby. I was hesitant as to whether or not I was even mentioned this story because it's definitely not a feel-good story. You've probably heard this by now. Clayton Lucas from Pennsylvania was getting an Uber ride and his driver wouldn't stop singing Christmas songs even though it was March. So, of course, Lucas calmly asked the driver to stop. I'm kidding, of course. He allegedly choked the driver so hard that he nearly passed out. Now, I get that not everyone is as big a fan of Christmas as we are, but if you feel the need to choke someone for singing Christmas songs, out-of-season Christmas is not the problem. You are a psychopath. Unless, of course, the song is Christmas Shoes, then no jury would convict you. And now a word from one of the other fine podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. You love Christmas, sure. But sometimes the same old traditions are too... traditional. Sometimes you want to see Santa stuff a kid in his sack. Sometimes you want Christmas dinner to come alive and threaten you with knives and forks. Sometimes you just need Christmas to get a bit weird. Weird Christmas has you covered. Check out podcasts filled with annoying Christmas music, proof that St. Nick came from magic mushrooms, and talk about Christmas specials so disturbing you won't sleep for days. Now available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Weirdchristmas.com. Oh, oh, holy Mary, that's different. That's right, the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the greatest Christmas podcasts around. You can find out more about that show and all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Now let's move on to our feature segment. Since I know a lot of people are getting started right now on some spring cleaning, Did I- Did you say bing cleaning? Oh, come on! You're doing this on purpose now. Whoever heard of bing cleaning? Is that when Crosby takes a shower? Just trying to do a running joke, baby. Well, run on out of here before I call the Ghostbusters. Oh, buh 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 then, spoil sport. Anyway, since cleaning is on people's minds this time of year, I thought it would be a good time to bust out some tips for cleaning up before and after a big Christmas party. Unfortunately, I don't actually know any Christmas party cleaning tips because, well, uh... Because you put it off until your wife does it? Yikes. Harsh, but fair. Mm. Well, it turns out I do have the internet, and there are two types of Christmas cleaning. Cleaning before you have people over for a party, and clean up when the party is over. I'll take a look at both and give you some tips on what you should do, and some more practical advice on what you will do. First, before the party. One site I looked up suggests you have your carpet professionally cleaned, because just walking around your carpet every day spreads dirt around, so why not pop for a professional cleaning to impress your guests? Well, I'll tell you why not, because you've got to be organized enough to plan ahead and not busy enough that you can be out of the house for a few hours while they clean that carpet. As the internet is fond of saying, ain't nobody got time for that. And last I checked, they weren't giving away carpet cleanings for free. This is not the season to throw extra money around, so here's what you do. You squeeze in some time to vacuum. Not only that, you don't even vacuum the whole house, just the areas where your guests will be. Then you close the doors to the other rooms. Bingo. Floors accomplished. Then there's your surfaces, your tables, your countertops, anywhere there's going to be setting decorations and especially food. Any juice or residue from uncooked meats will leave bacteria behind, and that ain't healthy. But let's be honest, you're not going to have time to do much more than wipe everything down with a towel. If you're feeling really ambitious, you'll use some wet wipes. But you really do need to clean up any areas where raw meat was. Nobody wants Ebola for Christmas. Next up, your good dishes. You got to get those out and wash them because they've likely just been collecting dust for months. So you got to give them a good scrub and rinse before you plop people's food on them. Or you could just give them a quick rinse and skip the scrub. 
However, if you're really lucky, you might have a mother who thinks polishing silver is a fun way to pass the time. I might be the only one lucky enough to have this particular breed of mother, and guess what? She's mine, and you can't have her! But if you're really strapped for time, I have two words for you, and I shall chant them like a madman for no good reason. Paper plates. Paper plates. Paper plates. Then my research led me to ovens. Not unlike your carpet, they recommend you get a pro in to come clean out your oven. They want you to be free to focus on the food you're cooking versus the grime that builds up over a year. Uh, yeah, I don't even have a backup plan for this one. Who even does this? Are ovens that dirty? What are y'all doing? I guess everyone at my party is going to have a Christmas turkey cooked in my grimy oven. Sorry, gang. Speaking of things I'll never do, here are some more suggestions that I promise I will be ignoring. Launder and press your window and shower curtains. Yeah, not happening. Organize the bedrooms. Yeah, no. As you'll recall, the doors will be closed. Launder bedspreads. Wait, what? I mean, even if my guests are coming into the bedroom, which they shouldn't because the door is closed, what are they doing looking that closely at my bedspread? Are they taking a nap? We're trying to be merry over here. It's not time for dozing off. And if you're planning any other activities in that bed, let me disabuse you of any of those notions right now. Sorry to sound like a Scrooge, but it ain't that kind of party, friend. Get out of my bedroom. Anywho, let's move on to some solid tips that you absolutely should do. I have no caveats for these. Like, clean out the fridge. You're going to want to get all those old leftovers and forgotten condiments out of there. You're going to need room for the stuff to make your Christmas dinner, your hors d'oeuvre platters, your desserts, your drinks. You're going to need all the room you can get. And as a consequence of cleaning the fridge, you'll want to empty the garbage. Make sure your trash and recycling are cleared out before the party, because Christmas parties inevitably generate a bunch of trash. Also, clean the bathroom. Get the mirrors, the sink, and yes, even the toilet. Probably best in that order. Now, it's nobody's favorite thing to do, but no one wants to be in a funky bathroom, especially at Christmas. Also, hang some fresh towels in there. And not the kind that are so fancy people are afraid to use them, and then once they do use them, they're not nearly as good at drying hands as they are as looking pretty. Just put some nice, clean, and absorbent towels in that bathroom. And now you're ready for the party. Enjoy yourself. Get your merry on. Try to avoid political arguments. If someone brings up politics, turn up Christmas shoes full blast. It should only take a few times before everyone gets the message. But then... It's done and your guests leave, hopefully without ever looking in your bedrooms. Now, you've got to clean up. Well, I've got tips for that too. First thing, put on your favorite Christmas music. Like Snow White says, it won't take long when there's a song to help you set the pace. So even if your body is doing mundane tasks, your brain is having a holly jolly time. I guess you could also listen to a Christmas podcast while you clean up. Oh man, what if you were listening to this podcast while you're cleaning up after a Christmas party? Are you? Does it freak you out that I noticed? Don't let it, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. And speaking of what you're doing, one of the first things you should do is pack and store all those leftovers. You don't want that turkey to dry out or the green bean casserole to sit out too long. Get that Tupperware out and get all that good stuff loaded in the fridge for future enjoyment. Pro tip, sometimes you grab a container that is too small for the food you're putting in it. What you can do is scarf down the extra food like a wild animal until everything left fits. I know, it's a genius idea. I'm surprised I'm the first one who thought of it. Next up, you're going to want to wash those dishes, all the pots, pans, glasses, plates, and don't forget that gravy boat, got to get them clean. Then you want to check the carpet and furniture for stains. Stains are the gifts that keeps on giving you grief. A tip I found is to use a spray bottle to lightly apply a mixture of warm water and mild dishwashing liquid. Then you blot with a paper towel and continue spraying and blotting until the stain is removed. Rinse with clear water and blot again. Fluff it with your fingers and allow it to dry. Next, you'll want to empty the garbage. I know, you just did it before the party, but now you've got a house full of guests' worth of trash in your bin. Best go empty it and make room for your normal, everyday trash. 
Now, you may have noticed I seem to be skipping the practical tips for the post-party cleanup, the thing you're actually going to do for each of these tips. Well, that's because there's only one practical tip for the post-Christmas party cleanup. Go to bed and deal with it tomorrow. The party was fun and you're tired. Time to settle in for a long winter's nap. The great thing about cleaning, it'll always be there waiting for you. Always. Ain't that grand? Well, that's all I've got. If you've got some cleaning tips and or tricks that I've missed, please shoot it to me in an email at christmas at tancast.com. But now let's move on to our final segment as we pit Christmas foods against each other in the road, road to the Christmas, Christmas Bowl. All year, we're going to have two different Christmas dishes compete each month for your votes until we decide what is the ultimate Christmas food. Last matchup, it was mincemeat pie versus fruitcake. With fruitcake making such a strong showing in the nomination round, I thought, sure, it was a lot to move on. But in a surprise upset, mincemeat pie takes the victory with 78% of the vote. So mincemeat pie is our first Christmas food to move on to round two. But who will join it? One of tonight's foods. Well... Actually, tonight is a battle of drinks, so let's Let's meet tonight's tonight's competitors! competitors. First up, it's a warm favorite, good for sipping by the fire, goes well with a candy cane inside, whipped cream on top, or even loaded with marshmallows. It's hot cocoa! And on the other side, it's a drink that's synonymous with Christmas. It goes great with nutmeg and comes in both alcoholic and non-alcoholic varieties. It's... Hopefully that has whet your appetite for some voting, because it's up to you to send one of these drinks to join Mincemeat Pie in round two. The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on April 23rd. Then we'll announce the winner on our April 25th show and see which one of these will continue on on the road to the Christmas Bowl. And that's our show. Thank you for listening. I always enjoy the March show because it comes out right after my birthday, so I get to celebrate my birthday and then celebrate my love of Christmas within two days of each other. Don't forget to stop. Whoops. Oh, got to change that ringtone. Oh, did somebody say ringtone? That's it. Get him, ladies. Bye-bye, baby. All right, I'll let you out after Easter if you behave yourself. Anyway, don't forget to hop on over to our Instagram to see the lovely images of all Glenn's Christmas plants. Hit up our Facebook and Twitter with any comments or feedback you'd like to hear in the next episode. And be sure to vote, vote, vote for either hot cocoa or eggnog at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. All right, that's all from me. See you in April. And in the meantime, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas... 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2019. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at christmaspod. Or you could always send us an email directly at christmas at tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. 
We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. <laughs> because you put it off until your wife does it? Maybe give me a hmm. Hmm. It's unfortunate the facial expressions will not be on the podcast. Thank you. Uh-huh. Now I know it may sound, now I know it may seem counterintuitive to celebrate the end of Christmas's season, but every season, what? Every season the age get through? Whew, it's pretty bad when there's already a typo in the first paragraph. This does not bode well for this recording session. Two quarts of apple cider, two cups of orange juice, one cup of lemon juice, a teaspoon of cloves, and a bunch of stimulants. The Christmas rose was discovered by a shepherdess named Mandalon. Oh boy. I looked up every single one of these flower names, but I forgot to look up the shepherdess's name. Mad- Madeline. 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 I'm going to say Madeline. 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 <laughs> Madeline. I'll say it quick. The bright colors of summer come to life in my garden when a deep blue lace-capped hydrangea of unknown origin flowers at the same time as the fuchsia growing in close proximity in full bloom. What? Hasta Santa Claus. Hasta la vista Santa Claus. Yeah. You're not even in this episode, Arnold. Sorry. This plant is like most hostas. It tolerates dappled shade. Dappled shade? What is the what does the word dappled mean? It's very disconcerting to know how much smarter than me Glenn is. But if you feel the need to choke someone for singing Christmas songs out of the season, not only am I messing up the lines, but there is a dog barking his head off in the background. But now, let's move on to our final segment as we pit Christmas foods against each other in the road. <coughs> I tried to ramp up, and my voice wasn't ready. Hang on. Take a sip of this wassail I made. Now I'm ready.